Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that features the very best in productivity and professional development in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Patton McDowell, and happy to give you ideas that can elevate your leadership in your current or perhaps your future nonprofit organization. Thanks, as always, for listening and for your feedback, and I'm glad to continue to bring these weekly conversations with experts that can help you along your journey. This week is no exception. I had a fantastic conversation with David Malloy, who's the executive director of the California Nevada United Methodist Foundation in Sacramento. And what a great story David tells, uh, particularly about the ups and downs of a job search in the midst of a pandemic across the country, while at the same time welcoming a new baby into his family. Uh, David had to maneuver through all of that and has words of wisdom along every step of the way. Now, the three things I think you should listen for in particular in my conversation with David. Number one, how he articulates the critical importance for cultivating your networking alliances at every stop along your career path. We also talk about the nuances of a search process like the one he went through, largely virtual, and in this case, across great distance. What are the takeaways we can garner from that And what are the implications for you as a candidate in that setting or an organization reaching out to someone for a senior position? And finally, we talk about some of the key fundraising tactics that David has employed throughout his fundraising career, and in particular, how he is leveraging the great resources at the foundation to talk about legacy giving. This and much more are part of our conversation, so I hope you'll not only listen, but don't forget to check out the show notes, episode number 45. Just go to the podcast or the news page at patmcdowell.com, and you'll find all of the resources, links, and books, as well as more information on David and the great work he's doing at the Foundation in California and Nevada. Speaking of resources, don't forget to connect with us. Um, If you're considering your career journey, perhaps a new stop on the path, We've got some individual and group coaching programs coming into focus later this summer and fall. So let us know if you'd like to discuss whether or not you'd be a good fit for such an opportunity. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with David Malloy. David, thanks for joining me on the path. Hey, good to to be here. Uh, I've, 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 I've listened to a couple of them already, and, and I've, I'm, I'm really excited and honored to, that, you, that you asked for me to be here, and uh, can't wait to start. Well, David, your leadership journey is fantastic. Uh, I've learned a little bit in getting to know you, and, and I know that our listeners are going to benefit not only from the experiences you've had uh, you know, prior to your current position, but obviously you're navigating an incredible and complex cross-country uh, <laughs> transition to senior yeah. leadership, and you've worked in other places in the country. So, again, I know our listeners will benefit from that. So, let's start with that, David. How did you get into the nonprofit leadership world? Well, uh, I've worked primarily with uh, with faith-based nonprofits, uh, and through. Um, uh, my connection to the United Methodist Church. I, I grew up a United Methodist. My father was a United Methodist pastor and district superintendent in the uh, Fayetteville area. And so I w- I grew up steeped in, you know, the operations of local churches, but also really um, being pretty familiar with the more kind of corporate units and agencies of the denomination of the United Methodist Church 
I was in college at UNCC here in Charlotte. I did a stint in the mailroom at First Union, the uh, customer service center out, out there on right, Harris right. Boulevard. So uh, I, I, I did a little working and, and kind of worked my way up to the call center up there. Then went back to school and finished up at uh, UNC Pembroke. And uh, I was a communications major. And so uh, when, I finished, when I finished college, I, I applied for uh, a denomination fellowship. Uh, it was a fellowship that was for uh, young communicators that, that were interested in, in, in working with the church to apprentice under a director of communications for what we call an annual conference. It's a, basically a regional body or kind of an association of, of all the churches in a particular region in, in, right. in a state or, or, or part of a state. And so I applied for that fellowship and, uh, you know, out of all the applicants, I was, I was chosen to serve uh, as kind of an apprentice under a director of communications in, in the West Ohio area. I spent a year in, in Columbus, Ohio, and, and worked in the West Ohio Conference Office. Now. And I did a lot of journalism work and communications work, uh, just really learning about how service and advocacy in, in our church goes way beyond, you know, uh, the Sunday morning services. We would kind of connect churches with their local papers and and kind of, uh, you know, make those kind of introductions so that they could kind of promote some of the things that they were doing in their, their communities. So, um, enhance their fundraising too. Sorry to interrupt you, David, but that makes the case, right? Correct. Correct. And so it's one of those things. It it definitely makes the case. And, uh, I was, um, you know, I I came out of college, you know, um, really focused kind of on communications and PR. Over time, as I worked in, in, in that internship, I started getting really interested in how, you know, there's a separate stewardship department and saying, hey, you can use these communication tools. But we would make sure at the end to always say, you know, if you found this interesting, there are ways to support this so that uh, this program or ministry could be even more successful. And so learning that, you know, that those things are tied together uh, was was a real eye opener for me. When I moved on from that uh, fellowship, I was really fortunate that there was a director of communications position that had just been developed in in the New Jersey area of the church, and and so I came in and, and was able to kind of start start a whole department up from scratch, and that's when I it really crystallized for me because I started getting a lot more interested in you know how we could find opportunities for churches and individuals to fund some of the ministries that were taking place in the New Jersey area. And so that was, um, that was kind of when I, I feel like I got the bug for uh, fundraising, fundraising. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and stewardship. And, uh, after, uh, after about four years in New Jersey, uh, being the director of communications, a development opportunity you know, arose in New York. And United Methodist Church has a, a, a pretty large agency that really focuses on mission work, disaster response. And I joined this team. We kind of came in with, with a lot of new ideas about how we could reach more churches. And so uh, it, was, it was definitely a lot of a worldwide focus because this agency worked with the church as a, as a globally and so we had different partners in in africa and latin america and, and uh, southeast asia south america so different areas and so i was able to kind of travel to some of the places particularly uh, I, I traveled to africa um, pretty frequently we worked with the nba cares initiative and the gates foundation to uh, pool resources and and serve more people and uh, i was able to kind of 
be present and observe and, and kind of uh, chronicle some of those things and, and, and go back to the United States, tell them those stories and inspire them to, to support uh, more of those efforts. And it was definitely a great experience for me. I would tell anybody, if you could find um, any organization that can put you at a level where you can see how, um, how well-connected um, the work can be, you know, uh, I, I, I would not um, discount, you know, local, local efforts, but if you can see how wide a network can reach, uh, it, it's really impressive. It's, uh, it's fascinating. It, it reflects, David, we've talked about on the path, some mm-hmm. of these components that you were able to stitch together, which I'm sure influence sure. Your, le- your leadership now of uh, communications, um, stewardship, yep. and then the, the yep. collaboration, right? Both at a community yep. level and partner funders. Yep. And I'm mm-hmm. guessing all that has helped influence your leadership now. Oh, of course. As you expose yourself to more and more people, you're able to kind of learn more and more from them. You're able to uh, kind of understand how context can inform how you perform your job. When you learn uh, how to adapt and adjust to to the audiences that you're speaking to, that just informs how you do your work. Uh, I've worked for the church, uh, you know, 18 years. You collect a lot of things, you, and uh, um, and also, like I said, emerging technologies have helped me kind of keep up with all the stuff that you know. I, I, I still my my iPhone probably has so many contacts in so many different states and, and regions and and things of that nature that I couldn't have a journal or or a black little black book that could fill it all. Uh, uh, but you know, with <laughs> you emerging technology, technology yeah, you need technology you know, nowadays because connection begets other connections, and so absolutely. And, uh, well, one let me of the things you. I was going to say, one of the things in, in the United Methodist Church is that uh, it, it's ingrained in, in, in most United Methodists that we are connectional, you know, and, uh, and, and, and connectionalism is, is a real thing in, in our church and, uh, and it's ingrained in, in us in that we are all really connected and, um, you know, and, it, and, it, and it shows. Well, it's you, you lift up so many good principles, I guess, that mm-hmm. throughout your career and obviously culminate now with what we'll talk about in your current leadership. But speaking of technology and just organizing lots of data, how do you stay organized, mm-hmm. you know, given the experiences you've had and all the, the content you're still juggling to this day? Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the things that I have kind of transitioned to, particularly I started my job in January and, you know, I've always had a laptop and was able to kind of sit there and, you know, be on it for hours. But um, as you know, I just had a baby and uh, my wife just had a baby in, in, in the, at the end of December. Wow. At the end of the year. We had a, a baby <laughs> boy on, yes. on, uh, thank you, Peggy, uh, on December 23rd. And uh, so I just don't have that kind of time to kind of, uh, you know, just sit at a computer, but I did, about two months ago, I, I purchased a, uh, an iPad Pro, and this, uh, I, got a, I got an Apple Pencil, and there's this one app that's called GoodNote. It literally reads my, my chicken scratch and, <laughs> and converts it into, <laughs> into digital text, and it, I found it to be extremely helpful. You know, it's also helpful in just having emails. Uh, video, you know, uh, at this moment, video conferencing is, is, 
it's everything pretty much keeping yeah it's yeah. pretty much keeping our whole economy going i think and the ability to have a quick video conference walk around and use my airpods to kind of a you know, give me just a little bit of a you know, noise canceling, you know, with, with, with uh, a little uh, one in the house, right? with a little <laughs> in the house and stuff like that. So it, it, it's, it's been an adjustment, uh, but sure. it's a it, it, it's it's a worthy adjustment, and uh, and it's also a necessary adjustment, and particularly in these kind of times, to to well, to be able to 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 just do jot down stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, and I want to dive into that because, again, sure. you've had a remarkable, uh, you know, uh, leadership journey, as we've talked about to this point. But obviously, sure. in last fall, you mm -hmm. began to explore a new opportunity. Um, yeah. Talk about the, the lessons learned, the challenges and lessons learned going through a search last fall. And then, of course, we'll get into the additional challenges now of having to yeah. work remotely uh, this in 2020. What? Well, I think uh, when when I left, um, when uh, I was in New York and uh, I had worked for the organization that I, that I, that I mentioned earlier, Global, Global Ministries, for about 12 years, and uh, they were transitioning and relocating their, their corporate offices to Atlanta. And uh, at the time, I wasn't prepared to kind of just leave New York and, and move to Atlanta. So I kind of, um, and I I had also just uh, finished a, um, uh, uh, a graduate degree program at, at Columbia, uh, and I was working at the same time, going to school, and I, I just uh, just felt a little burnt out, and and and, and just kind of needed a break. And finishing the program had kind of opened my eyes to a lot more sectors of the nonprofit wor world, and I just wanted to see what else was out there and what other opportunities would, you know, allow me to kind of use my my my, my talents and graces. In, in another arena and right and so uh i, I kind of started on that journey and, and doing research and uh you know i i I'd applied for some positions and uh was was a finalist it's interesting uh the position that i have right now i actually applied for you know the equivalent position in in new york and was a finalist for that job and uh, and but uh, in the end, a colleague of mine that I work with at, at Global Ministries ended up getting that job. And, uh, we 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 met later and, and kind of talked about it, and and she was like, uh, you know, uh, I knew you were up for it, and 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 I knew that she was up with up for it and stuff like that, and uh, and we kind of talk about it right now, and I and to this day I use her to as a reference right now. I'm like, you know, you haven't been in this position long, so I know you know what I'm going through right similar, now. So, yeah, yeah. Similar, similar, similar circumstances. So uh, it, it's great that uh, we can um, kind of talk about it and laugh about it now, but I applied for a job at a really big firm. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with CCS. It's a, it's oh, a firm out of New church York. Church-based, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And so um, uh, I applied for a job there, was a finalist and, you know, it just, just didn't work out, so I ended up doing some uh, some consulting work with a uh, uh, a pretty large um, uh, Church of God congregation in um, in New York, and so that kind of floated me for a while. And then uh, I transitioned uh, because my wife is in nursing school in Denver, and so we lived in Denver for about a uh, about a year. And then uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm originally from North Carolina, and, and my family's in Laurenburg, which is about two hours, two hours away from here. And uh, so we moved to Charlotte in uh, early 2019. And so 
uh, a lot of transition uh, at the same time looking for for opportunities that may fit and and things of that nature and um, but really trying to make sure that we found the right location for us and uh, I've always loved Charlotte it's, it's been a great I went to school here still have a lot of friends here really close to my family and but when I was here um, I knew it was probably going to take uh, a little bit for for me to find a position and applied for for several positions here but um, at the same time still trying to look for how I could uh, figure out networks and um, one thing that I will always tell people is that if you're a part of a particular industry or sector, make sure you're you're part or connected to whatever professional association that is close to that sector. And so, right, um, right. And, and and that's one of the ways that we met. And uh, I, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, 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 Quinn Deberry, he he told me about you, and uh, and he told me about some of the work that you do, and and you work with him on some uh, AV stuff, audiovisual stuff, and. Uh, uh, and so he was, he was telling me that you would be a great person for him, for, for me to meet. And I was like, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> who I, is I this like, guy? <laughs> I, who is this guy? But I, also I was really kind of, um, uh, uh, I wouldn't say uh, disconnected, but I was aware of AFP and, and, and tried to, um, attend some of the, um, to the, some of the kind of, you know, different meetings that they have, you know, uh, they have kind of networking, um, get-togethers out but some for some reason some of the dates I, I just missed some of them and then other things uh were, were were taking place i was still doing job searches and going on interviews and stuff like that and you know if, you, if anybody that knows uh, about trying to do a job search now you are kind of tied to tied to your computer just looking for uh the right positions looking for open positions looking for postings you know, and so that it can be kind of um, hard, yeah, hard and but also time consuming in, in that you're just you, you can you can spend hours and hours at a computer just applying for jobs, making sure you're customizing your applications to the position and not just, you know, cookie cutter um, sending out your resume everywhere. Uh, you know, there's there's varying approaches to how to find a position, but uh, it was serendipitous because. I hadn't, when I met you, um, uh, you were doing a um, uh, um, kind of a presentation uh, and it talked a lot about your journey, your uh, best practices. And as I, as I was listening to your presentation, I, it dawned on me how thirsty I was for just that type of knowledge, uh, information, uh, uh, staying aware of best practices, uh, things that helped other people and just uh, how beneficial it is to kind of stay in that conversation and making sure you stay on that conversation. There's a difference between kind of reading a blog post or listening to a podcast, but also physically being around other professionals that are talking right. about the same things that you were totally interested in being able to have those conversations. Uh, and uh, it, it, it was a really eye-opening experience for me, and, and you were gracious enough to kind of, um, you know, kind of give me your contact information and, and, and talk to me a little bit about, you know, things that you thought may be uh, helpful in my search, um, you know, uh, people that I had met on different interviews and stuff like that, and you kind of gave me some insight into uh, their processes and, and, and how that organization works and 
uh, kind of give me the lay of land of, of, of Charlotte. It was, it, it, it was really helpful uh, in my search, but I remember we went, we went out to, to, we went to breakfast and, and I, I mentioned to you about some positions that I applied for, but I had also uh, decided, you know, my wife was pregnant when she was, <laughs> she was going along and I was like, I really need a job. And, and I was like, I'm, I'm kind of deciding to cast a wider net, you know, and, right, uh, right. and, 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 and uh, another friend of mine that actually had worked in the California, Nevada region, he, he, he sent me a posting for that job. And I remember telling you that I applied for this job out out in Sacramento. And, uh, but, um, I, I was like, uh, I, I, I'm really familiar with the area cause I had worked out there before when I was working with global ministries and, and I knew some people, but I, I, I felt like it was kind of a long shot for me to get that. <laughs> right. Cause I wasn't, cross country. I wasn't from the, yeah. yeah, it was cross country and stuff like that. But you know, I, I, I was at a point <laughs> where I was throwing Hail Marys, you know, and just, <laughs> you know, letting it fly and just, you know, casting my casting 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 out as far as I possibly could. You know, right. to find a position. It was and, and it was a really good position, and I felt really qualified for it. I just didn't know if I was going to be a fit uh, because um, I was just so far away. But you know, when uh, they uh, they offered to fly me out, and and I and I literally uh, felt like I knocked the interview out of the park. I felt like I. You ever been? Have you ever been in a room and uh, heads are nodding as you're speaking? It's a good feeling. How, it's a really good feeling, and so uh, you you feel like you're saying the right things and you're saying the things that they want to hear. And so I had that feeling when I left that interview. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember if I had that in, interview before or after um, we started at the, um, uh, uh, the the leadership institute that. that uh, program that we were doing. Sure, um, sure, but it, yeah, I, I think it was around that time, uh, uh, and so um, I was still. Um, you had recommended to me that I go to um, uh, uh, the, the seminar for young development uh, or new development. Yeah, new new professionals, right? Even new though you weren't a new professional per se. <laughs> Even though I wasn't a new professional, but it was one of those, like I said, I'd still gotten to a point where those were things that I needed. I needed to kind of be around people that were in the industry rather than, uh, it, it can be real isolating to kind of just sit at your computer and, and go on interviews and stuff like that. And so I would recommend to anybody that is trying to, um, uh, not only break into the business, but even if you are a new professional, seek those types of engagements, you know, seek uh, more information. Uh, there's so many people out there that are willing to share their information, their knowledge, and, and it's it's been helpful in my career to kind of uh, to find find those types of people. But I've always been so encouraged that uh, people are so willing to uh, share what they've learned and what they've experienced, and they want to to find those uh, opportunities to share what they learned and experienced. You know, we're all pretty busy and we're all doing our work, but uh, I've, I've never uh, found anybody that hesitated if I had, I asked the question or I needed direction or I needed uh, guidance or I needed a tip or I needed a best practice or, or a book or a resource and stuff. And so uh, uh, I would tell anybody that's in any 
uh, professional sector to, to just make sure you seek out those opportunities, seek yes. out those engagements. It, they, it will always be beneficial to you. That's so good. And, you, and you've done a fantastic job of networking, obviously taking advantage of that, the communities you've engaged all over the country. And of course, now though, David, you had the challenge of starting a job uh, under a uh, kind of pandemic, which added a new twist. Yeah. And so how yeah. have you approached getting oriented to a new job across the country when, you know, you're not able to be there in person? Not yet. I have to, I, yeah, exactly. I have to really commend the staff. Uh, we're a short, we're a small staff. Uh, um, uh, I, I'm the executive director. I have a finance director and I also have an office manager. And so, uh, the, the two, um, the two other positions, the finance director and office manager, they have been really, really helpful. Um, and, and, impatient with me because uh we're we're i'm three hours ahead of them and so um i can send them an email as soon as i wake up at you know uh, or the baby wakes up at six or, <laughs> right. and send them an email and know that you know by the noon is like when the work day starts for them so it'll be nine o'clock out there for them and uh but they they've been really responsive we we hold a um uh kind of a staff meeting uh, video conference uh, twice a week and uh, uh, they've been able to kind of show me the ropes and uh, explain to me what their processes are and why their process processes are like that uh, understanding the workflow how we are able to kind of um, communicate with our uh, churches send out statements about uh, their endowments and, and trust and uh, so uh, it gives me a better understanding of some of the day-to-day -day processes uh, when I, my last time out in California was in February, uh, it was uh, mid-February, right before kind of the, the pandemic kind of hit the, the national right. consciousness. It was, it was kind of bubbling up, but, and we actually, um, at, I was out there for an investment committee meeting and a board meeting. And during the investment committee meeting, I remember our um, investment managers, you know, they come in and, and they do presentations and, and they mentioned uh, uh, the coronavirus and, uh, and and that it was a threat to kind of be taken seriously, but they didn't think that it would, um, uh, it, I don't think they were able to anticipate the, the real impact that it would have, you know, coming in March and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Uh, uh, I was able to kind of, uh, uh, that was my, actually my first board meeting as, as executive director and it was in person and but uh, even then we were able to kind of video conference in the investment managers and, and kind of uh, meet with them um, the meeting was in sacramento but our investment managers are are right outside of san francisco and uh, in foster city and uh, they were able to video conference in so a lot of our my board members were familiar with um, video conferencing we they usually hold one video conference um, board meeting a year so it's just kind of like uh, something that um, I wouldn't say that they they think is ideal, but it's definitely something that they're they're getting used to because they're not only using video conferencing in their professional lives, but also in their personal lives and stuff like that, right. and trying to uh, maintain um, uh, personal connections. And, and so we're all using the same tools and uh, using the same um, means of staying connected uh, both personally and professionally but uh, uh, it's 
I can definitely say that my fellow staff members have 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 literally been able to kind of you know keep the trains running and and, and make things in uh, make things uh, seem pretty seamless uh, right now. Um, well, what has uh, been your approach things, with the board? Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of the board, what, mm-hmm. what how have you been? I mean, obviously you've connected through these meetings. I guess what what are their expectations of you and vice versa, yeah. you for them? Uh, my main contact with the board is uh, I, I pretty much have a, a weekly phone call with the chair every day, every week, uh, just kind of making sure she's updated on, on all the things that are taking place, uh, things that we're responding to, things that we're considering. I think in, uh, we were considering a uh, one of the PPP loans and, um, and just wanted to kind of float that by her before we, we proceeded with that. Uh, and, and it was one of those things where it was, uh, we found that a lot of churches were doing it, uh, and, and were successful. And so we, we, we found that, you know, we might not see a particular shortfall at the moment right now, but, uh, it, it's investment wise, it's going to be pretty much a, vol- a pretty volatile year. And so, uh, right. one thing that I, I've, I've kind of definitely been, um, uh, in contact is, is definitely our board members that have a little bit more investment uh, experience, banking experience. They've been able to kind of, you know, uh, kind of update me on, on, you know, how they're able to bring their talents and graces to, to the work of, of our foundation. Uh, we, we really um, depend on our board members to do uh, a lot of uh, 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 contact with, with our investment managers, report back to the board as a whole, and they've um, made sure they've included me in on those conversations. Uh, and it's been, it's been quite an education. And, uh, but uh, I think as I'm, you know, I have a learning curve in, in, in some of that, in a lot of the investment uh, information and stuff like that. Uh, um, and I've been really um, talking with our investment managers a lot uh, and making sure that I'm kind of, aware of some of the moves that they're making in order to kind of keep our, uh, keep our investments safe. We, um, um, you know, March was a, a really scary month for, for a lot of people that are managing right. Right. Uh, uh, funds. We, we managed about $79 million in assets under management uh, for churches. And, and so uh, we really have to kind of make sure that um, we are uh, giving our investment managers guidance on, on how we would like to see uh, performance, and uh, um, and our board members give a lot of advice and, and information, and they meet a lot on, on on some of the moves that they'd like to recommend. Uh, but uh, for the most part, it's really kind of a uh, uh, a management by kind of committee, and and we all are able to kind of collaborate, share ideas, and make sure that. Um, uh, um, that we're doing what's best for, for, for sure. our account holders. Well, is the strategic planning, are the time horizons different now? I guess how, given the uncertainty all around us, I'm wondering how you and they uh, are now approaching strategic planning. Uh, have, have they yeah, kind of pushed I, on that? I was, yeah, yeah, I was fortunate in, in that they had done some strategic planning before uh, I, I, I came on board and, and we've definitely looked at those principles and, and figured out, well, you know, are these strategic plans, do we, we probably need to revisit these and, and uh, maybe 
uh, postponed some, some some recommendations, but others may need uh, acceleration at, at the moment. Uh, there, uh, I think there's going to be a real acceleration in, in how we are using video conferencing and, and, and the rate of uh, how often we meet uh, just, just to kind of make sure that we're all aware of what's going on. Uh, our, our organization is deeply tied to um, the churches in that region, and, and, and a lot of churches are really struggling in, uh, at the moment because most have had to close, and um, everybody's in this um, mode of adaptation, adjustment, um, and, and making sure that uh, we are facing and meeting the challenge of, of, of this particular moment. Uh, uh, we're trying to figure out what are the best ways that we can uh, help churches. One of the initiatives that we um, are going to be starting out is that uh, the churches that we're finding that are remaining stable and steady are the ones that invested in innovation and out outreach uh, tools that went beyond Sunday morning. They were able to kind of stream their, their services. They were able to um, fundraise online and take donations uh, online. And so for some churches that, you know, pretty much were kind of the mindset of, um, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, you know, these challenges and, and these crises that are taking place right now kind of broke it. And so yes. they're yes. it. Uh, and uh, so we need to help them respond and say, you know, is there a way that we might be able to grant you some funds that might assist you in, in being able to kind of find formats that can help you take online donations or stream services, or uh, is there video uh, production training that, that you might need or, or equipment? And so we're trying to find ways that we might be able to grant some of those funds, some funds to churches to kind of assist them in that, in that endeavor. And uh, I, I think we're, we're going to, um, work with some other church partners in the area to kind of uh, figure out a way to do that and, and have that program in place because it, it, it's still an uncertain time. There's, there's hope for uh, things to kind of either return back to normal, but uh, I, even a return back to normal won't be normal. It'll be yeah, a new not normal. the same normal. And, yeah. and, and not, not the same normal. And so, uh, like I said, the churches that are able to kind of adjust and adapt to, the, and to meeting this moment, We'll be able to kind of move forward, and um, and what we're finding is a lot of churches are 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 get using those tools, and they're getting even more engagement than they had before all this happened. And so, uh, because people are still looking for the connections that churches provide, and and for the net uh, networks that churches provide, the services that churches provide, and so uh, churches are finding that by using some of these uh, new tools or uh, tools that uh, have been in place for a while, but haven't necessarily been uh, readily adopted across uh, all churches. By using these tools, they're able to reach beyond, even beyond their own communities for, uh, to, to share messages that, of hope that, that people are yearning for right now. Uh, and I applaud your approach because it just seems like, you know, the normal's not going to be the same normal as you alluded, yeah. and we're going to have to be adept and agile, right, in our organizations. And um, how are you going to approach fundraising? You know, you've had great skill and success throughout your, um, you know, career. 
how are you going to approach fundraising kind of in this new environment? Well, it's, it's, it's a different kind of sector and, and fundraising is, is probably one of those things where, um, uh, the foundation in a lot of ways is, is kind of a, a fiduciary where we, we, we invest funds that churches and, and individuals entrust to us and we manage those investments. One way that we do kind of do fundraising is helping people in, in plant giving. So we don't necessarily take donations. We're looking for people that are willing to, to, um, to entrust funds to us and invest them long term for, um, for future benefit. Uh, and a lot of churches that had the hindsight to, to um, uh, use our services 10, 15, 20 years ago, are kind of seeing the benefit now of, of, of having uh, principal grow, but also have um, be able to have some type of return that they're able to kind of use for their mission and ministry. Um, and so we're encouraging individuals in that want to um, um, invest funds with us for use uh, to their local church or a church in our region. Nice. And, church and churches that want to invest funds, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it's, it, it's kind of the stock market right now. If you're looking for a place to to, to park uh, funds that may give you a potential return, uh, and so uh, a lot of churches, we, we basically have uh, about 300 accounts uh, of churches that have invested funds. But what I'm finding is is that uh, a lot of the churches that have elected, you know, past some of the the, the volatility that we had a couple of months ago, there are churches that are slowly creeping out and saying, Hey, uh, we have these funds that we want to entrust to you. Um, but it's based on maybe a stewardship effort or, or campaign that was, uh, seeded, you know, five years ago or seven years ago. And so I, I think my job as, as of right now is to continually plant seeds, uh, where, we show the benefit of churches that may have invested 10 years ago or 20 years ago and have churches look at uh, uh, using uh, our services as something that are, is, is long-term uh, and uh, over time will, will, will be beneficial to their churches um, in the future. Uh, you know, uh, there's an art where you can look at somebody that invested a hundred thousand dollars either um, before the the the, um, the, uh, the recession in 2008, and if they invested those those funds then, and then uh, looked at it now, you know they they probably got a pretty nice return. And so Indeed. we're looking at we're 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 looking at people that have uh, pretty long term horizons when uh, and uh, continually plant seeds and that we might not see the fruits of for another five or ten years when a light bulb comes on and says, hey we're looking for something that will give us a, a, a long-term horizon for, for funds that we want to use to make sure that our church perpetuates into the future and that the ministries that our churches are, are, are offering will, 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 will still be there uh, for, for generations. I know that has to be rewarding because as you yes, said, yes. you're, you're, you're not just fundraising for mm -hmm. uh, your organization, but you're helping many organizations. In fact, I want right. to lift up David, the yes. California, your, your website, California Nevada yes. United Methodist Foundation, you've got great resources on legacy yes. giving. So your job is Correct. just to get people to think about that, right? Yes. Yeah. We're getting people to think about it. We're 
you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like that movie Inception. We're putting the idea in their head that, you know, it, <laughs> right. it might not be, it, it might not be something that you immediately uh, respond to, but over time, if you keep hearing the message over and over, but also lifting up how it's been beneficial for people that, you know, made the decision that you're contemplating five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and how it, uh, the fruits uh, of that action are, are beneficial to churches today. And uh, we are, um, uh, uh, and I, like I said, in the six months that I've been here, uh, some of the accounts that, that we have opened this year are, are based on presentations that may have been five years ago or, or an interaction they had with a board member Absolutely. You know, seven years ago or something like that. And so uh, we're, our job is to kind of stay consistent, uh, consistently put the message out there and you'll, you'll, it, it, the benefit speaks for itself over time. Uh, it's, it, uh, we just have to kind of get people to say, Hey, you know, you're not looking at this as a short term kind of thing where, uh, you're looking at stock, what's going on in the stock market for three years. You're looking at what's going on in the stock market for 10 years, 20 years. And uh, we feel like um, the services that we provide will be beneficial to you and to your church and to generations that want to enjoy and, and um, uh, be served by some of the ministries that are being offered by, by the churches in our region. And uh, we are, we're in the business of, of keeping uh, keeping the church around and, and making sure that the programs and, and ministries that are in good work that, that these churches are doing is able to kind of be beneficial to future generations and uh, you know it's um, it's a case that it's one of those things where you kind of water dripping on a rock where you know it might not seem like it's really moving the needle but uh, it, it definitely is and uh, uh, I'm just a part of a uh, part of a being the steward of of this organization for right now, but I'm I, I can definitely see the benefits of my predecessors, prede predecessor board members, uh, previous board members, and things of that nature. And so, uh, you're you're on this uh, I'm on this train for 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 the, for this season, and it's it's. It, it started out as a rocky ride, but I, I know it'll smooth out over time because I know <laughs> our uh, <laughs> I, I know our um, our vision is, is good, our our mission is good, and indeed it, it, it's been around for a long time. And uh, I, I must say that um, as a person that's been at this job for about six months, I could not um, uh, feel like I'm performing as well if I wasn't able to kind of. Uh, lift up some of the colleagues in, in the western jurisdiction of, of the United Methodist Church. Uh, there, there are four of us, one for the Rocky Mountain area, one for the Pacific Northwest, one for uh, Desert Southwest, and one for uh, California Pacific. And we meet pretty much uh, every two weeks as a group just to kind of check in with, the, with each other. And, and, and being able to kind of network with those colleagues has really been able to kind of help inform our work, you know they're they're experiencing a lot of the same challenges that I'm that I'm facing, and and hearing how multiple people face those challenges gives you some insight in how in, in some of the direction that you might not that you might do uh, in your in your in in my context right now. And so um, well, that's it, good it, advice. It's definitely been beneficial. Yeah, it's such good advice and strategic networking that you have done yep. continues to pay off. And I, I do yeah. want to lift up kind of the testimonial you did for legacy giving. And I love that illustration of water on a rock. 
Um, but yeah. um, it, it takes time, but I just cannot emphasize enough to our nonprofit colleagues that you need to have legacy giving in your program because uh, it will pay off. Uh, and it's of course yeah. the right thing to do. And uh, David, you've given great advice at every step of your career. I wonder as we wrap up, you know, is there other kind of advice if somebody came to you now and said, Hey, I'm thinking about getting into the nonprofit sector. What are some things you would say? Uh, make sure that you kind of um, pay attention to um, um, where you are in your education. Uh, uh, it's one of those things where I, I, I mentioned earlier that I, I got a graduate degree in, in in nonprofit management uh, from Columbia, uh, and while I was working, and one of the things that the the degree was really um, helpful in for me is that it illuminated some of the things that I was already doing as as working as a development professional. Uh, it also gave me an opportunity to meet people that were doing pretty much the same job, but in different contexts for different organizations with different reaches, um, you know, some were working locally, some were working nationally, some were working globally and uh, uh, understanding and having those conversations with colleagues and, and understanding uh, what their their organizations find as best practices, you know, how they uh, interact with donors, uh, how they do their, do their office operations, how they maintain their networks, you know, how often are they able to travel, uh, how, what are the communications tools that they use? Uh, that was just a, a really great education. Not only uh, that part, I thought, I felt that was probably most beneficial, but uh, also learning like a theater, theoretical basis for some of the things that you were doing, right. understanding right. why some of the things that you had, uh, that was successful in, in projects and, and work that you had done in the past. What are the things that you may have done that you may not have realized that you we're doing, uh, why was that successful? You know, um, learning theory, learning about um, successful negotiation, uh, learning about accounting practices, learning about, uh, you know, tax economics, um, uh, learning uh, about leadership, learning about how organizations are formed. You know, uh, one thing that was a real challenge for me in, in, in my job search is that how do I translate you know, the nomenclature that we use in the United Methodist Church to kind of fit into another organization. I was the executive secretary of this, that, uh, of, of the advance for the United Methodist Church. And uh, I could say that to somebody, but if I wasn't able to kind of translate what that meant and how that, how that fit with this, or, this uh, particular job that I was applying for, then uh, there would be a disconnect in communication and, and, and and so uh, learning uh, how organizational structures work and, you know, where you may fit on, on, on the org chart and how that translates to, to another position or stuff and stuff like that. But learning how to uh, study those things and understand where you may be on your journey in, in, in any organization is, was beneficial to me. Um, so, um, That's great. again, networking again, but also just uh, – Try to find out what you don't know. And uh, and another thing is always stay and remain connected to your professional organization and, uh, or association uh, and learn ways that you can kind of continually educate yourself over over the lifetime of your career. There are always opportunities. 
you know, uh, CFRE is, is, is another um, uh, goal of mine, uh, 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 being connected with AFP, uh, with, with the Association of Founded, uh, Funding Professionals. And um, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, it's really uh, beneficial when you, when, you, when you extend yourself beyond just going to your nine to five or doing your job. When you learn how other people are doing their work, uh, it, it, it'll be really beneficial to how you approach your job. That's well put, David. Great advice. Um, and as a fan of lifelong learning in every respect, you certainly have embodied that and continue to do so. And let me ask you one more favor, uh, maybe a parting gift sure. for our listeners. Okay. <laughs> you you yep. mentioned early on books that you've carried around literally since, sounds like your undergraduate days, but is yep. there a book or two that you might leave us with as a recommendation? Well, I'm, I'm reviewing right now a lot of older textbooks that I had in college and in grad school. Uh, one thing, one that I am uh, doing a whole lot more than perusing <laughs> is a uh, uh, not-for-profit uh, general account, generally accepted accounting principles. Oh, wow. I have a 2013 version, but uh, it's uh, published through Wiley. Uh, I am really diving deep into that because we're, we're going through an audit right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our yearly audit, and so uh, I, I've never had to kind of, you know, uh, spearhead that kind of uh, effort. Uh, I'm I'm working definitely with our with our auditors, with my finance director, uh, but it's 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 a really eye-opening process to kind of uh, kind of manage and make sure you're getting um, your auditors all the data they need and stuff like that. So um, that's one thing I'm definitely reading a whole lot of. Yeah, good. Uh, there, there's another book that I that I've always found. Um, um, it was a textbook, but uh, it's definitely something I'm diving a little bit more into is uh, the tax economics of charitable, charitable giving. Uh, it's uh, by Joseph Toast Jr. Uh, and um, it's, it's a really good uh, uh, reference tool for, for those that are looking for, you know, um, what are the tax implications for, for some for charitable charitable giving and, sure, and all the sure. different ways that uh, uh, that happens. Uh, one other book that, particularly for those in the faith-based sector, uh, that I have um, continually referenced for probably the last 15 years is called. Um, it, my old boss gave me a copy of it, and uh, when I worked at Global Ministries, but it's definitely been one thing that I I keep revisiting over and over. It's called uh, a spirituality of fundraising. It's about it's by the um, uh, renowned theologian um, Henry Nouwen, oh, yeah. and uh, it's a very small pamphlet, and I'm pretty sure you can find it on Amazon. It's about 64 pages, and I continually uh, go to it as a, uh, a good education and uh, recalibration tool for my mind and for my soul. It uh, uh, gives me a lot of... Um, uh, spiritual ga uh, grounding for for the work that I do with the in the faith based se faith based sector, and um, uh, I have always found it as a a good tool for me. I actually shared it with uh, with my board at my first board meeting in February, and nice. Uh, and they and they found it uh, a helpful tool. Uh, it helps uh, have uh, helps give you kind of a um, a faith based grounding for how you speak to donors, uh, uh, how you communicate the work of your organizations. Uh, and I, I continually went back to it uh, throughout my career to kind of just, just help me crack
craft messages that um, um, may, you know, give me um, an elevator pitch or it may help me do a presentation or may help me uh, write a sermon that I might speak to in a church or something like that. And it's, it's been a, 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 it literally has a treasure trove of just little sayings and, uh, uh, and um, observations that uh, help guide me. And uh, I gave it to my board just to tell them that, you know, I, I, I use this book a lot. And so it, it might help you understand where I'm coming from in my conversations for uh, how I view myself as a servant leader for, for the church and, uh, and, and how I hope that uh, we can all kind of inspire to be servant leaders for, for this organization foundation that we've been entrusted to, to, to lead. So um, it, I've, I've always found it a, a great, great resource. Wonderful. And a great one to finish with David seems like for all the right reasons. Thank you for these resources and many others that you have shared. Um, I guess we'll certainly put in our show notes uh, contact information to yeah. the foundation. Is that where you would send people to learn more about the, the great work you're yeah, doing there? Yeah, to learn, to learn more about the foundation, uh, you can do a Google search for California Body United Methodist Foundation or visit us at our website at uh, canvumf.org. And uh, again, it's C-A-N-V umf.org and uh, we, we we welcome you to kind of come and prove what we have and uh, uh, if you're ever in the, the Sacramento area please um, <laughs> look us up I, I, I probably won't be there until maybe the end of July or early August but uh, <laughs> you'll be there eventually it, it, right <laughs> yeah I'll be there eventually and I am really excited about the region I uh, I've always uh, when I visited in the past I've always thought it was a, a really great area it, it, in a lot of ways kind of similar size to, to Charlotte and um, uh, but uh, it's uh, I think it's a really great opportunity and I am really excited to kind of uh, really in a physical presence type of way kind of dive into my work and uh, just really ready to face all the challenges that are that, that have been faced I'm sure uh, in about a year or two I'll have a lot of stories to tell <laughs> and we'll keep <laughs> this conversation going yeah I was gonna say I think we all uh, will look back on 2020 and say yeah it's pretty much a landmark year for, for a lot of things. And, uh, but uh, it, it, it's been a really joy and pleasure. I, re I really want to thank you, Patton, for, for inviting me to speak, but also just for all the helpful advice and guidance that you uh, offered to me while, I was in, while I've been in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of uh, <laughs> making sure that um, I'm able to give you a call anytime when I need some advice and, or just, just somebody to kind of talk about some things, something I found interesting on uh, on a website or a podcast, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, just all the fruits of, of being in relationship with uh, with you and, and, and all the work that you're doing. Well, David, the, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, excited to follow your journey as it continues. Best wishes on that. And thank you so much for joining me on the path. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with David as much as I did and came away with some really practical ideas that can guide your professional journey or enhance your organization's current strategy. Don't forget the show notes are available on our website, PattonMcDowell.com, where you can find out more about David's journey and the lessons you can apply 
as well as some great textbook recommendations for your personal library. As always, please share this episode with someone else on the path. And if you haven't already, I hope you'll consider subscribing by going to the podcast page at patmcdowell.com or to any of the primary podcast platforms. Don't miss any of these weekly episodes. They come out every Thursday morning, as well as some of the bonus features we're putting together at least once a month. Thanks for all you're doing in the nonprofit sector, especially right now. And keep up the good work for causes that are most meaningful to you. I'll keep bringing you content that can help you do it even better. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time on The Path.